Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm your host for Coast to Coast Football. Why are we Coast to Coast? Because I am in Atlanta, despite you know KC in the background here, this rendering. I, I needed to change my background to something NFL draft. I like the way that one looks, so I changed it. Um, appreciate that, whoever did that. And if it's a problem, let me know. Uh, on this side, I'm in Atlanta. On this side over here is Nick Kendall. He is in uh, he's in Seattle, so we are Coast to Coast with your football coverage today. And uh, Nick, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty darn well. Uh, excited for some rain, supposedly in the forecast coming up here out here in Seattle, and then it won't stop until uh, June. But uh, other than that, you know, doing pr- pretty darn well. Excited. It's Friday and uh, happy to be here to talk some uh, NFL at large. Jonathan Taylor, Trey Lance, uh, rookie quarterbacks uh, sh- should be a good one. Yeah, those are some of the things I want to hit on today. Uh, wanted to hit on Jonathan Taylor. What's next? He seems to be the big name in the news. Uh, San Francisco 49ers and Trey Lance, they're also in the news with him going to third, that he seems like he's going to be out of there. Were some possible destinations for him. We'll hit on uh, Bill Barnwell's article on ESPN, did a really good column, did some things that actually made sense. You know, down here in Atlanta, uh, the national media has been trying to get rid of Desmond Ritter since, well, since he was drafted, I think. And Barnwell linked the Falcons to, um, to Trey Lance in a way that actually made sense. So we'll get into that one a little bit. Um, we'll talk about some Anthony Richardson. They, the Colts played last night. We'll talk some Kenny Pickett, a second year quarterback. Is he ready to 
to make that next leap. And then we'll jump into the chat a little bit and see what every, what's on everybody else's mind. And as Albert Knopper says, welcome in, Albert. He says, good morning, all. A day closer to the regular season. Uh, woo -hoo! And then Harry Marshall Wood, he says, yes, y'all are on today. Yes, we are. We will be on every Friday morning at 9 a.m. talking NFL on this is one is our Coast to Coast football podcast. Nick and I do a couple different teams. We do Broncos for breakfast. Uh, we do uh, the Falcons podcast. We're both big fans of the process, uh, the general manager aspect of the NFL draft, and we'll go heavy NFL draft as we move along. So uh, I, I worked in scouting for a long, long time, and I always said the the it's I didn't say this. I picked this up. Uh, the longer you work in sports, the more you root for the names on the back of the jersey than the front of the jersey. So we're, we root for players. We really do. So we like talking about them and seeing what else is coming up. But uh, Nick, let's let's get started on this. What yeah. what's your gut feeling on Jonathan Taylor right now um, as far as where is he most likely to play? And then we'll get into what's it going to take to get him and then resign him. Uh, where is he most likely to play? It feels like Indianapolis uh, for me. That's the answer, long and short of it. I mean, we've seen multiple times here over the last uh, season and offseason that, you know, a guy requests a trade. Uh, they go out and see what the market is, and then they find out that uh, teams are not willing to give up the compensation that the team that owns the contract is willing to take, and the contract isn't as good. So they come back with it, the contract of what the market says, and then they settle it out. Uh, we saw that with Lamar Jackson. This season, oh, well, you can you can seek a trade. We saw that with uh, Austin Eckler, uh, who's back. I don't think he did sign a contract. I don't know. There's a few stretches there where I was out in the wilderness for a while, but uh, literally, uh, that yeah, literally. Uh, but uh, that's, I think this is a situation where he's going to be back in Indy. I also think that because of the position he plays, he can't really afford to sit out and miss that money. Uh, similar to like uh, Jake, Josh Jacobs coming in, it's not like he's a wide receiver or defensive tackle on that money is going to be there and, you know, potentially second, third contract. Uh, this, this, all this money counts. Uh, so right. I think that he will be back in Indy, whether he has a new contract or not, I'm not sure, uh, but that's the team that's most likely. You know, I, that's where I was leading before. I, I, I would say it's so hard for guys to, to change teams. It's, it mm -hmm. just is all the, all the rights, all the leverage and stuff. They're, they're with the ownership. It's a, it's a monopoly league. You know, it's mm -hmm. not like say, you know, yes, I'll sit out you better get rid of me. I'm going to go to Italy and play. You know, it doesn't work like that. It's a monopoly league and all the power is in with ownership. The only power you have as a player is to just not play, which isn't a great, <laughs> I'll go on strike by myself. Well, you're pretty replaceable to a certain extent. And I have felt that the, the best fit for him is Indianapolis. I got a young quarterback. I'm trying to break in. Uh, you know, he's, he's on a 1 million. He's cheap no matter where he is until he signs a new deal on that second round contract. Uh, wouldn't cost anything else to get him. I've got a run-based offense that I want to really lean heavily on the run. It just it makes the most sense. That said, man, I, I'm getting the feeling when we talk about those other guys, we talk about Austin Eckler, we talk about Lamar Jackson. I think people may have actually put in a phone call, but we never actually heard that anybody came to the table with an offer to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, for we're willing to offer you a first-round pick, and, and you know we never heard that. The Miami Dolphins are in active discussions with the Annapolis Colts. They have, according to reports, put out a, a first offer on the table, trade offer on the table for Jonathan Taylor with the Colts. Now the Colts knocked it back to him, but they are still talking. 
Uh, Dove Kleinman and Stephen Holder at ESPN seem to be the ones that are most on top of this. And I'm just getting the feeling, and some of the other reports we see is Jonathan Taylor said he's, again, allegedly, willing to take less to go play in Miami than he might someplace else. That's ringing alarm bells for me, Nick. I, I feel like the Dolphins are really in here. And, you know, I'm always on the cynical side. I'll always stay with the home team when it comes to guys actually changing places. I'm getting a Dolphins feel on this, man. I really am. Well, they are definitely uh, driven to do that. They probably have the hardest schedule in the NFL this season as well. And you still got Tua on that young rookie contract. And if you want to, you know, cause teams pain uh, for playing super conservative coverage when you got unbelievable speed demons in Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, somebody like uh, Jonathan Taylor can really take that. I don't love the offensive line still, uh, especially with Tron Armstead. I know he, he suffered an injury uh, in camp. I think he's going to be fine, but uh, I don't think he's out there right now. So don't love the offensive line uh, long-term for them, but it definitely could happen. And I still think the Colts should be the betting favorite, but there is some momentum that way. There's been some rumor with some other teams as well. I know uh, Benjamin Albright uh, stated on Twitter that the Broncos really love Jonathan Taylor, but they have not made an official offer for him. We'll see if that is true. I mean, you know, Albright's pretty much uh, tends to be on the nose about Broncos news, but you also, you know, teams use sources and people in the media to put out narratives and whatnot right. where the Broncos could be doing that. And really that's uh, they put it out there because they wanted that statement out there versus what's actually happening. So going to be interesting to follow here. I uh, know there's a few other teams uh, that could be interested in him. I don't understand why the Indianapolis Colts, aren't super in, or excuse me the uh <laughs> that's where he is uh the Dallas Cowboys aren't interested in him that's a team I just look at their roster where they're at right now they have Jerry Jones who's typically pretty aggressive there and your best running Paul back signed is his franchise tag though right that's exact exactly right it's just a franchise tag though I know seven, it's a decent seven eight million I would think one year coming off injury and he has always been a complimentary back uh, he's not a bell cow guy and you know who's looked really good in preseason Deuce Vaughn has looked awesome. Maybe if you want to change how your room is built, you could probably move on from Pollard after that, even though he's been great, but he had a bad injury last year and use a Jonathan Taylor, Deuce Vaughn uh, backfield going forward. I just, I, I don't know. It just, it feels like a good fit to me. And I haven't heard that from anybody else. I don't know if the Cowboys probably can't do it, but uh, I think that'd be an interesting one. There's one more team that's been linked to him as well. Um, that makes a lot of sense is the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about that going into last year, uh, into the draft, you know, when we were saying how high will these running backs go and Bijan Robinson would be a total luxury pick for the Philadelphia Eagles. But when you've got the roster that they do, you can go ahead and take the best player in the draft, um, arguably, and, and make that move and take that risk that they could give something up. Now, when I look at, when I look at the, uh, the Eagles, as Cheryl Cheryl says, he's 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 on board with the Eagles. When I look at Miami, um, I, I go to I go to Tankathon and look at Miami Dolphins. They've only got five picks next year. They've got a first and a second. Then they don't pick again until the fifth. So first, second, fifth, sixth, seventh. I think would a second from the Dolphins, knowing it would be probably fifty-five or later number 55 or later, uh, be enough as we start getting to, you know, nut crunching time here 
with uh, with with the Indianapolis Colts. They're saying they want either a first or equivalent of the first. Okay, here's a second, a second next year's sixth. Um, maybe and maybe they throw in you know just a sweetener on that or something. But I get the feeling if they're if they're if they're beyond repair, they would rather have a second round pick than Jonathan Taylor sitting out trying to prove a point. Yeah. And just looking at the action network, just looking up uh, the odds right now for where he could go. A few teams we haven't talked about that have pretty high odds. Dolphins are the favorite at plus 250. The next two teams, uh, higher than anybody else. Uh, we have not discussed yet. I saw it in the comments, though. So shout out to uh, Harry. The The Bears are in there. They are an interesting mm-hmm. team, especially if you have uh, Justin Fields back there. I'd be curious what Taylor would look like in a more shotgun-oriented offense that you see from the Bears there versus the, you know, I formation downhill that uh, I picture Taylor probably more so because I watched him more at Wisconsin than in the NFL. Uh, but that kind of thing. And also the third team is the uh, Baltimore Ravens uh, who would be an interesting one as well. Again, talk about pairing him with a very, very talented running quarterback. That would be a lot of fun being paired with a running quarterback though. I thought uh, our guy, my guy, let me say my guy, cause I loved him coming out. Evan hole from Northwestern mm-hmm. yesterday looked awesome. There was that run or that pass blocking rep that he had where he just, buried that linebacker that that's a that's a brand play for me uh, nothing really gets me more excited about running backs than a great pass blocking rep i is that weird weird of me maybe it's because i like the special no, teams the iowa. yeah it's the, <laughs> it's the iowa fan in me right that's the best offense see what i want to see what i want to see is like okay so he's not even if he's not a great blocker let's say he slips that guy and you just dump it right over his head yeah you know may, i was like i can block that guy by making him have to account for me coming out of the backfield. Yeah. You know, if I can do that. So I'm not overly worried about how well they can block. You know, for me, it's, it's, it. a, it's a secondary, but it is nice. It is fun to see him stand that guy up. And I say that knowing that there we are talking to Atlanta Falcons fans. And if Devontae Freeman could throw a block, they'd have a Super Bowl ring. So we'll, uh, <laughs> I, I do, I know that. Um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of suitors, there's plenty of options out there. And they say, well, you know, the narrative of, oh, that you, you wouldn't be able to trade him. Yeah, you can. There'd be a ton of teams that'd be interested. The, the question is, is can you get a first round pick for him? No, I don't think so. No, not so in this upcoming they, draft. Too. I think it's a really talented class coming up. And the yeah, risk. I mean, I mean, are they disingenuous by saying go seek a trade when I'm setting a price tag this, that I'm, it's like, yeah, I'm willing to sell this car. Um, I'm willing to sell my motorcycle, honey, but I'm going to put it on eBay and it's a $10,000 motorcycle. I'm going to put a $15,000 uh, limit. You know, what do you call the bottom on that? The b- before Starting I will, price. Yeah. yeah the, 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 before it will, I'll sell it. It has to hit $15,000. Well, you're, I don't think you're going to get a first round pick. No. So it's going to come down to how serious is he about being willing to sit out this year? Um, and most of them don't, you know, most of them end up caving, they finish their contracts and then they say, see you later, you know, we're, we're done. I'm, I'm going to go through the motions here. And I don't think you want that if you're Shane Steichen and the new and the Indianapolis Colts. No, I don't either. I think if they did trade Taylor, uh, I like Evan hole as a part of a rotation back there. And I think the very next day, or maybe even the very same day, uh, cream hunt, would be back uh, because they brought him in. Apparently there was a contract offer, but it was not agreed upon. That's at least the rumor, but I think they'd, okay, we have a little extra money now. Come on in. You're part of the rotation. I agree. If you say what's next for the Indianapolis Colts, you try and get Zach Moss healthy. You've got a rookie fifth rounder who sounds a lot like Tyler Algier. 
uh, who had a great rookie season for the Atlanta Falcons, another former first rounder, strong, breaks tackles, et cetera, et cetera. Can he be as good as Tyler Algier? If he can be as good as Tyler Algier was, and you're absolutely taking a second round pick while you can get it. Mm -hmm. um, but then, uh, then Kareem Hunt comes in. That makes a lot of sense. Let's say hello to some folks in the chat. I want to talk some some uh, some Falcons Steelers as well. That was one of the games on last night. We've hit on enough of the Colts um, already today. So want to say hello. Harry says the Steelers ate the Falcons for lunch. Yeah, that was. Um, and I don't want to say it's just backups versus starters because they went through them hot knife through yeah. butter. They uh, you'd them. like to see the the Falcons backups put up more resistance and have a little bit more success, especially on defense, because backups play on defense. They'll play twenty five to thirty percent of the snaps. They get they get two series, and if my guys give up two series and two touchdowns every time, I'm going to lose a lot of games, Nick. I don't know if I was less impressed with the Falcons depth that was out there in that first, you know, a couple drives, or if I was more impressed uh, with the Steelers, honestly, I mean, they were the run game. The offensive line has been bad for them for a few years now, and they've invested in that and they were partying the sea uh, up there. I mean, that one of those Najee Harris runs, he's a big back and like, there was nobody even close to him on a few of those uh, George Pickens making some plays down the field. Kenny Pickett looked pretty darn good. Uh, maybe we are, just as an NFL consensus too low about the Steelers. I know that you never are uh, because you are, you know, I think you have Mike Tomlin. I'm a, what, what do they call him? A Stan? I'm a, I'm a, yeah. I'm a Mike Tomlin Stan. I just, it, it's just keep writing them in, you know, mm -hmm. playoff contender, playoff contender, playoff contender. As long as they got Mike Tomlin until Mike Tomlin proves me wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm going with Mike Tomlin. Yeah. I bet. I mean, they're not in the breath with anybody right now. Right. I mean, they're probably in the back end of playoff contender, but like, they look pretty damn good uh, out there just at, overall as a unit. I mean, maybe they found more gold uh, pass rusher with Nate, Nate Herbig, Herbig coming in from Wisconsin as well. TJ Watt looks healthy. I mean, Keanu Benton has been one of the best rookies in preseason so far. I mean, it's Steelers look good. Uh, Falcons, I'd be a little worried about the depth there, but you know, the big picture is Arthur Smith after said after the show or after the game, uh, you're not too worried about it. Week one will be, Interesting, though, I understand Falcons fans being a little bit upset about how that game looked overall. Yeah, and uh, and Jason says, and good morning, Chris Walker, too, on Facebook. He says, hey, fellas, I don't think it was a great idea to start the the twos for the Falcons at home. Want to see how we do against a good team. Perception-wise, home game, a lot of people there, uh, a lot of Steelers fans. It, it annoys me when people talk about Atlanta and there's a lot of traveling fans. No, they're not. They don't travel. They live here. There's, mm -hmm. there's a ton of people from the Midwest, including my parents that moved here. I mean, this is a transient city. They didn't travel down from Pittsburgh for a preseason game. They moved here. This is where they live. And they've probably lived here for 30 years and they still swing their terrible towels. Um, but no, you want, you want to, I think there's enough goodwill and excitement for this team that it's really not going to matter. You know, people, the, the casual looking up and seeing a score that said, I did get a text from my dad this morning. Said, oh, I guess the Falcons got their asses kicked last night. I'm like, yeah, but yeah, but, you know, let's let, let, let's see on that one. Um, Harry also says it's funny how the Colts don't want to pay Jonathan Taylor like a first rounder, um, but they want a first rounder in compensation. And, and I agree with that. And I'm not talking about even a second contract. I'm talking about the five million or so he would get in the fourth year. If he was, I, I looked it up and who was, was it Clyde um, Edwards-Alaire? 
he was the, the the final pick running back. He was a final pick of the first round. He's going to make three times what Jonathan Taylor is going to make this year, just mm-hmm. because he was picked six spots higher. You know, that's that that exponential scale has flattened a little bit compared to what it used to be. But I still think it's too steep, Nick. I still think it should be more of a straight line instead of an exponential scale. Uh, and what I mean by that is a guy taking in the first round, making multiple times more than a guy taking just a few picks later. That gives a curve if I started plotting out their salaries. Um, yeah. Sorry for the math. I was told there would be no math this morning. Uh, Denver Luke, this is good morning. It's a Friday stream. Let's go. Uh, and Albert, when I said... Um, an individual, I meant when I said a player strike, because he says going on strike costs the players as well. Yeah, it does. And I meant just individually. You're really, your only, your only action is to sit out. Your only negotiating tactic is to sit out. Let me hit on this one, Nick, because I'm always on the player side, you know, 99% of the time, always when it comes to this, especially in football with non-guaranteed contracts. And while his contract is guaranteed, it was still slotted as a draft choice. There's no no good negotiation there, no open market. Mm-hmm. You were picked. This is what you get based on where you're picked, and this is where you're going to go play. That's that's not. There's no freedom in that at all. That's the no. the, the monopoly league telling you what you're going to do. What about Chris Jones, though? Um, he's on the fourth year of his four year eighty million dollar contract, and he's sitting out right now because he wants an extension. He wants an extension. I understand that. But he's going to see every penny of four years and $80 million. To me, that's the equivalent of a guaranteed contract in the NBA and the MLB. And where do you not see holdouts in the NBA and MLB? Because you have guaranteed contracts. They're guaranteed. They don't hold out. They, they don't They don't hold out when they're under contract, it rarely, rarely, rarely happens. I can remember once and it was like 1985. Chris Jones has the equivalent of that right now. And he's basically sitting out. I want an extension. Now you can say, Nick, the counter on that is it's an incredibly dangerous game and you're, you can have it's, there's more danger in there. He's got $80 million in the bank. You know, this Mm -hmm. isn't a guy coming off a rookie deal. He's financially set for life. I have a little bit of a problem with Chris Jones sitting out on a $20 million deal, the final year of an $80 million contract in which he's got the chance to earn every single penny of that. Yeah, I I don't fault him too much, though, because he is the best defensive tackle in football. And if he were available right now, he would get a massive contract. And he's been good for Kansas City. I feel like that's one thing. They're not paying anybody else on that defense right now. I mean, it's the probably one of the cheapest defense defenses in football. And I... Go get your money. I think he's also in a situation, it's unlike Jonathan Taylor, where there's no question somebody's going to offer him an unbelievable contract uh, if he were available and hit the market. Some team would give up a first-round pick, et cetera, et cetera. So he is a more valuable asset, uh, in my opinion. So I hear what you're saying, you know, that he's he's holding out for money that's already in signed in the contract, but I think he wants the long-term guarantee as well, and I don't blame him if I was his agent, you know, one year, one injury away, and it's all gone. Cash in right now when you only have one year left. And I think he does deserve, with the inflation of the cap, uh, somewhere in that Aaron Donald range. He's not Aaron Donald at his prime, but considering that deal was signed two years ago now, he probably does deserve to get an equivalent contract in terms of average per year and guarantees. So go get that money. Unfortunately, 
that's just the way it's set up because they don't have guaranteed contract. If I had to play on a one-year deal, like he is, and you know, and I think he should, I would go buy, and I've got enough money because I've been paid eighty million dollars. I would go get me a big Lloyd's of London insurance certificate for like a hundred million dollars, and which you can do. You know, mm-hmm. if if I'm his agent, I'm say, listen, you're getting twenty. We're going to spend a million dollars on this insurance policy. That if you get injured, they're going to pay you a hundred million dollars. And if you don't, okay, it's a million dollars, but guess what? Your next contract's going to be worth a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get a hundred million dollars either way. It's going to cost you one million dollars to make sure you've got it, no matter what. That that's how I would handle that. Um, but again, for me, it's it's the guaranteed contracts, and he did sign a second contract. He had some choices. Yeah, this isn't a rookie we're talking about who has no choice other than to not play. Yeah. So I have a little bit more of a problem with the Chris Jones situation than say a Jonathan Taylor. They're not equitable for me. Uh, no, it doesn't hurt as much for Jones. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jonathan Taylor made made me made three million dollars, mm-hmm. which is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. I know. Yeah. I probably won't make $3 million the rest of my life. I, I know. I get it. Yeah. But we're dealing in a different level of you know, what the product is. What are you do? What are you worth out there compared to your peers? How much value was he uh, to that Wisconsin football team when he was getting I mean, I, They got to figure out what they're doing. I know the NIL stuff helps, but those running backs, man, at college level, they, they need to figure it out because that's their well, best Jonathan value. Jonathan Taylor had almost 1,000 touches. Yep. Uh, he had like he he was second all time to Ron Dane with like 940 carries, and then he added another 50 catches mm-hmm. at Wisconsin. Insane, yeah. You know, uh, it's I said, and we saw it with COVID. Nick, I had always said you're going to start seeing guys sit out their junior yeah. seasons until they until they break this unholy alliance between the NCAA and the NFL. And now that the NCAA is is professional football, you're going to see some changes. I think in the rules. You know, why make why make Bajan Robinson play another year in college? You know, mm-hmm. why? The dude yeah. was ready. You know, he was ready. And, and I said that about Leonard Fournette. I said it about Adrian Peterson, especially at that position. Yeah. A um, couple guys getting shout outs, Nick. Um, you know, uh, on the Falcons draft picks, some guys that have definitely not, you know, we'll just make the team, but are becoming, uh, you know, pretty good players. It's DeMarco Hellams. Late pick, he's he's got a chance to push Richie, Richie Grant for a starting spot. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of DeMarco, Hel- uh, DeMarco Hellams. And Ray coming in. Good morning, Ray. Um, he says, and uh, and Clark Phillips also will be good in this league. Um, Clark Phillips, another defensive back. So I, I don't remember if who was trying to block him. I think it was, a, it was a running back that was coming out. He just swam him. I mean, it was so nice how he just, he took, he took, he didn't take on the block. He just avoided the block completely. Tackle for no gain. The dude's just a football player out of Utah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of plays on the ball, good tenacity, good instincts, a lot of uh, wide receivers out of the Pac-12. You know, in the combine circuit, the interviews asked, who's the toughest defensive back you went against? A, a huge chunk of them said Cam Phillips. I think that was even the 2022 draft uh, where they were answering that. So a year before he came out. Uh, so good player. I mean, he fell because of the athleticism and the size. He'll always be limited because of that, especially at a position like cornerback. Probably will never be a, you know, great cornerback one in the league. So what do but, they do? Um, put him in the slot. Uh, Move him closer him. to the ball. Yep. <laughs> yep <protect laughs> Let him. him make plays. Yep. It'll be interesting to see 
there'll be some matchups where he might be a little bit in trouble, you know, like the Alan Lazards of the world, or even the Cooper cups who are like those like six foot two, 215 pound guys who can just in the run game forklift you out of there, uh, <laughs> essentially function as a, uh, F tight end in some of those looks out of 11 personnel. But, uh, yeah, he's had a great camp uh, and a great preseason and the Falcons overall have, uh, done pretty well with this, uh, over, uh, this draft class. Um, wanted to, let's move on a little bit. Wanted to talk a little Trey Lance. He's been in the news and uh, again, shout out to Bill Barnwell that, that he cares what I have to think, but I thought he did a really good job with this, uh, you know, and I'll, I'm critical of the guys when they write stupid stuff. So I'm going to be complimentary. I think Bill Barnwell's great. Even if he writes stuff, I don't, um, always agree with, I think he does an amazing job. You know, he'll drop 15,000 words on a topic. <laughs> it's, it's pretty impressive, but he, he was talking about Trey Lance and he went through, did he get a fair shake? Um, you know, stuff that we've talked about before. And, you know, now that he's, you know, number three, it's just unatta- unattainable in, um, in San Francisco. Now, the thing is, we saw a conversation, you know, why wouldn't you take this? And somebody just circled his cap number. I'm like, this is why. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That, that's that's the 49ers cap number. Do you know what his cap number is if you acquired him right now for a, a new team? Do you know what his cap number is for 2023? $940,000. Next year, it moves to five. In the fourth year of his deal, it moves to it moves to, to $5 million, which for backup quarterback money, that's nothing. You know who's making more than five million dollars? Taylor Heineke, I think, is making that much. Um, yeah. I think Jarrett Stidham, Denver Broncos, is making some. I bet Mitch Trubisky is making somewhere in that that neighborhood of money. Um, Gardner Minshew, Indianapolis Colts, is probably knocking on the door of that. That's backup QB money. Um, he started talking about what next. What's it going to cost to get him? And he's like a middle rounder at best, just because the 49ers have burned him. You know, mm-hmm. you're obviously not going to keep him, which makes sense. Some of the teams that he thought might make sense, and I was like, all right, where do the Falcons come in? Everybody's been trying to replace Ritter. But the first one was the Minnesota Vikings. Um, you know, how do you feel about that with the Vikings and their quarterback situation trying to go get uh, a quarterback like Trey Lance? Well, he's a local kid there uh, from Minnesota and ended up then moving, playing football at North Dakota State, but he's from Minnesota. And uh, that's a team that last season there was a lot of flirtation and discussion discussion about moving on from last two seasons. There's been discussions about moving on from Kirk Cousins. So I could see that uh, it's a very analytically driven front office there, you know, taking a shot on a quarterback like that might make some sense. Yeah, I agree. Just because the the money and that you're talking about, again, it's not that much money and the 49ers will take a bigger hit. I mean, talk about just opening up a hole and just start throwing, you know, all kinds of capital in resources between draft picks and money oh that is ending up going to be a bad deal I mean it's just it is it's already a bad deal for them they're a good enough franchise and a good enough team that they might be able to play past it anyway mm-hmm. my goodness I mean they're going to burn eight to ten million dollars in dead cap money and three first round picks on a guy that threw 30 passes for you I mean that's just mm-hmm. nuts that's one of the worst deals of all time of, of, of yeah. all time. Um, and I agree with Bill Barnwell on that. He laid it out some of the worst deals of all time. And I agree with him on that. I think it is one of the worst. The next one he had in there was Tampa Bay. I know that's someplace you've been trying to send Trey Lance for a while as to the Buccaneers. 
yeah, they just have terrible quarterback play. I mean, Kyle Trask, Baker Mayfield, are either of those guys the answer there long-term? No, this is a team that's squarely in the uh, Caleb Williams-Drake May uh, competition this upcoming season, but they have weapons. I mean, I like a lot of what they have there. They have solid building blocks in the offensive line still. Mike Evans, I think he just turned 30-31, which is, you know, starting to be concerning even for a wide receiver, but uh, we'll see about that. And then, uh, oh gosh, the other wide receiver they have that played at Penn State that had some great, Chris Godwin. Uh, So I think that's a team that would make some sense uh, as well, but Buccaneers maybe are too dysfunctional. Uh, But if you don't have a guy, then why not take a shot? I feel like it's such a low-risk move that if you, what are you out? A fourth-round pick? Uh, La-di-da. You're going to be out a fourth-round pick for a backup quarterback anyway, and now you have a chance that, it's a, a scratcher lotto ticket that could hit big. I mean, I think that's well worth the risk. Do you know what they have in their quarterback room right now? Financially, three point two oh, million dollars. Super cheap. Yeah, yeah, three point two. They they can afford to go in there. Um, yeah, they still they still have some weapons. They I think they are ready for a rebuild, and they got a Super Bowl out of it. So be it. Mm-hmm. You know, they they spent big, and they're gonna mm-hmm. decline, but they got a Super Bowl out of it, and that is worth it for a lot of teams. Um, you know, especially the NFC South mm-hmm. ones where there's not a lot of Super Bowls to go around. Um, Harry Marshall Wood, Falcons fan, he says, I'd take a low round flyer on, on, on Trey Lance. And, and Michael Lewitsky uh, also asked, morning guys, uh, if the Falcons wanted Trey Lance, do, you, do we go get him? Um, and then um, and Jason says, as a Falcons fan, I'd rather Lance stay in San Francisco instead of going to Tampa Bay. So, Looking at this, again, I, I knew the Falcons would be listed. They always are. But but what Barnwell said actually made sense because we started – we kind of get into this tunnel vision of thinking, okay, this is for the season. We're going to make this trade before the season starts. And Barnwell laid it out to a very similar argument, argument that you and I have said, but we've never talked really about acquiring an existing quarterback. We've talked about looking towards 2024 draft, free agency, et cetera, et cetera. If Desmond Ritter struggles mightily, the Falcons will be in the market for a quarterback in 2024. Flat out. That, that's just the way it's going to be. This team is in a window where they've got enough talent that they can make a playoff run now if they get good quarterback play. No doubt in my mind. If they get good quarterback play. They're backing Desmond Ritter right now. But if we get into the third week of October, Nick, and Desmond Ritter and the Falcons offense is struggling, do you send a fourth-round pick? to the 49ers for Trey Lance. You do. The timing still is a little weird because you're probably not getting him up to speed other than until like the last, you know, maybe two games of the season. And then Desmond Ritter, I mean, he knows that he's on borrowed time. Do you just make the move to Taylor Heineke at that point? I mean, it's, it's a weird dynamic because you want to, and we've seen everything from Arthur Smith really supporting Desmond Ritter uh, so far. So timeline wise, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, if Trey Lance is held on to the 49ers, all season uh and then you know you get to the off season and the market doesn't really bear out let's say the falcons go despite uh desmond Ritter struggling they end up with like the 20th pick in the draft really not in range to go up for a, one of the top quarterbacks in this class they get the they 20th maybe, pick in the draft ritter's played well though i i think that you can look i think he can see a team with the falcons this year where they're picking 20th with the schedule that they have where it's like, yeah, this isn't this isn't good enough for a team that they're going where they want. want so maybe it's a thing where it's, up. he's not going to take us from ten and seven and eking into the playoffs to a Super Bowl contender. We need to we need to upgrade. Yeah, I think twentieth is the very 
first pick that makes the playoffs or like the first one that doesn't make the playoffs. But uh, regardless, I think that's the range where you probably, and this would be perfect with Lance and Ritter. It's you're in the, okay, we did enough to be solid this year. We're not sold on Ritter. This is a competition. And then you make that move where it's both those guys in there and you can find out. But uh, again, the record that would indicate that he played well, but I think the offense and the system is good enough where you can still have a lot of those questions uh, surrounding Ritter and still be curious on the market. But I do, I do. It's the first time I've seen one of these takes that I actually agree with because it's not just chucking Ritter under the bus. It's leaving an error. And and why are you saying Ritter is automatically garbage? You know, I I don't get it. If he plays poorly, okay, I'll I'll live with that one. I can take that. If he struggles, then yeah, I would, I would take a flyer, you know, a a middle round flyer on on Trey Lance. Ryan Um, Adonis, is is Lance any good? I see that the latest comment. We we don't know. Um, Right. And for a fourth rounder, for a third, fourth rounder and backup money, I'd be willing to find out. I'd be Mm -hmm. willing to, that's a, that's a low risk, high reward option. Uh, Ryan, Ryan coming in. Appreciate you, Ryan. Mm -hmm. So I I, I would take a flyer on that. I wouldn't want to go. And again, number three overall, let alone three first round picks for a guy that had, and he didn't even play in 2020. Yeah. It was 2019 tape. He didn't play a year because his team wasn't playing because of the COVID year. Yeah. My he God, should. that was insane. I'm still bummed that he didn't transfer somewhere, <laughs> but uh, is what it is. Uh, but yeah, no, taking him late. Uh, and Ryan Donis says the Falcons are trading Lance after drafting him at four. Uh, it would be the biggest bust of all time. 49ers draft him at three and trade him. Oh, it's okay. The only Arnold reason has called this the biggest bust of all time. I, I mean, yeah, that's ESPN national columnist is calling this the biggest bust of all time. And the only um, reason that it's kind of getting smooth over, over because Nick 49ers are legit and they actually have good quarterback play. If it was out there and they were floundering in the offense and whatnot and made that move and Lance was playing horribly uh, at the same time, then we'd be calling it that. But, the fact is we haven't seen Lance out there enough to say that about him. And the 49ers are legit because who in that draft is playing for a team that has not had a winning season that is getting that label, Nick, Justin Fields. No, not yet. He's played. Okay. Okay. I, maybe it's just the Broncos fans. Cause I see a lot of hate towards Justin Fields because so no, many people Justin Fields has played. Okay. There's another one though. That was in that draft. Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson gets more hate than Trey Lance for the most part, because one, he's in New York Two, the Jets haven't been any good. Yeah. Um, and also and that's, that's played. <laughs> Trey Lance hasn't played. Yeah, and, Zach, and Zach's played and we've seen him gone. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, I like Zach Wilson coming out, but again, my, my one and two was, was definitely um, Trevor Lawrence was number one for me without question, yep. you know, no doubt at all. And then number two for me was Justin Fields. And, and I had, doubts uh but that was that was number two and i just couldn't justify taking and you saw mac jones mac jones at three what no come on you know those it was every five six years or so the nfl goes quarterback insane and the 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 time before that i remember was was a christian ponders draft when i was like christian ponders going in the top 15 all right these guys have lost their minds again blaine gabbert as They've well. lost their minds. They've lost their minds. That happens. That happens every so often. Uh, Rob Buxbaum coming in says, "Congratulations, Nick." Nick announced on our Broncos for Breakfast show yesterday that he is going to be a dad uh, come late January, early February. So maybe, maybe we'll have a Super Bowl baby. Super Bowl. I, I was a Super Bowl baby, so uh, we'll see how that uh, plays out. I think it's. I think it's going to be pretty darn close uh, to my birthday. 
don't know anything yet about uh, the baby other than that they are uh, healthy. All the genetic tests have been great, and uh, yeah, things are happening. So excited! Uh, we need the uh, the wildfire smoke to go away because uh, that's not great for a sensitive, uh, health sensitive individual. Anybody, but, uh, anybody, <laughs> but yeah, especially somebody like that. But uh, yeah, no, thank you so much. Uh, we're very excited. First kid, maybe it'll, maybe it'll be a one and done situation. Who knows? But uh, excited. That kid better damn well like the outdoors, though. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave him on a mountain somewhere. No, you can brainwash. You can brainwash children to a certain extent. Um, yeah. You know, my my kids love uh, nature and I, I do, too. I've exposed them to it all the time. They love uh, animals and nature and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Chris Walker says Ryan Leaf and Jamarcus Russell are bigger busts. I'd rather use a number one and Leaf was number two overall, uh, but I'd rather use one pick on a bus than three first round picks on a bust. What about Robert Griffin? He had a he had one decent year out of it at least. RG three, and he he wasn't. Yeah. What was he four or five? He he went two overall. Was he two overall? Okay. The, yeah, he, he he's done better than Trey Lance has. We can yeah. do, turn this into another show. The biggest bust yeah. of all time. We can just Washington stay in the NFC big. South for that one. That one would be easy. Yeah. Um, the Titans were the next team on this list, uh, and I, I agree with that one. Um, that said. If I'm not wrong, they just use a second round pick on quarterbacks. Uh, and Will Levis, they used, did they take Malik Willis in the third or did he fall to the fourth? It was third or fourth. But to it your point, I'm going to take one every year until I hit. Yeah. And why not add Trey Lance? And if they struggle, they might draft another one. Um, mm-hmm. And then a question in here on talking about the Broncos about, you know, having a guy to come in if somebody struggles to take over. Roger Cook says, what about the Broncos for him on the same logic? And Bill Barnwell did list the next three teams as a tear down for, okay, these four make the most sense. The Vikings, Bucks, Falcons, and Titans. Um, the next three were the Dolphins because Tua and his you know availability concerns, they could be in the quarterback market. I agree with that one. Mike McDaniel was also part of the team that brought in Trey Lance and maybe. There you go. That's part, that's part of it too. Um and then the Broncos were next. And then finally were the Chiefs, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Um, and he makes a good argument for all of those. He backed all of these up very well, including the Denver Broncos, Nick. Uh, yeah, I think, if again, if he's available for a fourth with how Stidham has looked, uh, you potentially take that shot. Uh, we've seen Sean Payton be one of the few who's used a dual quarterback system in the NFL when his number one quarterback hasn't been great. And Russell Wilson, if they are going to utilize him more, with his legs this season and let Russell Wilson be Russell Wilson, that's going to increase his risk for injury. And maybe you would be forced uh, onto the next era uh, before that. I mean, that's just kind of, we saw, I mean, even in preseason, they were using zone reads with Russell Wilson out there, which is good. Cause I think you have to use him that way, but at 34 years old, there's an increased level of risk uh, for him. So fourth round pick taking a shot, Maybe you can use red zone packages with him as well because he is a built like a fullback and runs like a fullback back there. Uh, but yeah, it'd be uh, interesting if the price is too low. I mean, I always think it's worth a shot. If you don't know if you have your long-term franchise guy, you should be looking underneath every rock. And for those of you who don't follow the Broncos on a day-to-day basis, a lot of their contracts are set up after the 2023 season where they become real flexible financially. Russell Wilson isn't one of those guys, but it gets a little bit better. But a lot of their highest paid players, you become financially flexible with them after this season. So how Nick and I have explained it is they are set up to give this one more shot with Russell Wilson in 2023. And if it doesn't work to hit the nuke button and just start a rebuild. And if you've got $45 million tied into your uh, quarterback position, 
that's not all that crazy. You're going to have it anyway, but it might be someone else other than Russell Wilson. And you've just having a dead cap number. Same way the Falcons were last year. Uh, the way the Rams set it up when they traded Jared Goff, you've had a bunch of money tied up in, in dead money, but you've got a young guy. Uh, I think they just said he's still, he's two years younger than Kenny Pickett right now. <laughs> um, even in his third year in the league might be worth a flyer. Very, uh, very interesting. Uh, last thing, um, one of the games to watch, you know, we like watching the rookies. We like watching them get going. Bryce Young plays tonight, Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what are you, what are you looking to see out of Bryce Young tonight and, um, against the lions and anybody else you want to watch in that particular game? Bryce Young looking for him just to be competent in there, work the ball, protect himself and, uh, get to the right read quickly, uh, to protect himself from hits. I mean, he's a s- small little guy, the tiptoe offense, passing offense that he likes to play in literally from his tiptoes has looked well. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the connection between him and your probably biggest draft class. Uh, biggest draft crush uh, this last cycle in Mingo uh, looks in that connection. It's a little bit of a twisted fate uh, that he did end up going to Carolina because that team might be a perennial issue uh, for you going forward. I think they have a good coaching staff and I like a lot of their talent there. So Falcons might find themselves squared up against the Panthers a lot if they're going where they want to. When I say Jonathan Ringo is a guy you should draft, I want him to succeed. I don't care where he goes. That's how I've always been, man. I root for me. Yeah, a little bit of a twisted knife, though. There, like Stings, that's how I feel every time I watch Chris Jones dominate because I absolutely was obsessed with him in that draft class. And then the Broncos, I I had a mock in that one. You know, this is just love. No, it's not like I'm some like guru, uh, crazy guru, but I had a mock that took Chris Jones round one, Dak Prescott round two, and then Justin Simmons round three. And Broncos end up going Paxton Lynch and Adam Gotsis instead, so they flipped the two positions. But, uh, man, well, how different life would have been. But Chris Jones, I mean, that's, that's my, uh, what do they call it? White, white Buffalo, the one that got away, man. I loved him. So maybe Mingo will be your white Buffalo and a little bit unfortunate that you missed Now There's him. a few of those guys though. Cause remember I was, you know, watching last night, I was not real high on taking pass catchers the last couple of years, as high as the, the Falcons did. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I didn't necessarily want Drake London at that spot, even though he's a really good player, is because look at some of the guys that you could get in a second, like George Pickens. Mm-hmm. like Christian Watson, like Alec Pierce. Um, you know, there was, there was, but there, there wasn't a real, I mean, my, my sub on that one was ended up being Kyle Hamilton, you know, a safety and a non-position of value. Cause you know, I thought he was the best player available in the draft and Atlanta guy faced the franchise, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes it's just the way the, the board falls. And as I've said a zillion times, if you keep stacking good players, you'll be okay. You know, it's not that you missed on George Pickens. It's, is Drake London good? Yeah, he is. Okay, well, then you'll be all right. You keep stacking good players. It doesn't matter who you miss out on. Would you like to have had Micah Parsons? Yeah, probably would have. Speaking of which, the 49ers came out of the 12th position. That's where he went. That's where Micah Parsons went. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. It's going to, yeah. Ryan Adonis talking about, nobody's talking about the 49ers trade. Yeah, they are. They're, they're talking about that being one of the worst trades in the history of this league. It's it's being spoken about. Um, on that note, uh, we're going to get out of here. Nick and I will be back on Monday morning, so make sure you're following us on the X slash Twitter, whatever you want to call it, so you can get those alerts. Um, like, subscribe, and share to wherever you happen to be watching it. That does us a huge amount of favors. Uh, but you can find me at Scout Kennedy, and you can find Nick Kendall at Nick Kendall uh, MHH. 
Um, but like I said, follow this. We are live pretty much every morning now at 9 a.m. or 9.30, Monday through Friday. So if you want to talk some football, whether it's Broncos, Falcons, Colts, Steelers, we're, we're going to be here during the season because when we'll start diving into NFL draft once the college season starts kicking off. So on that note, we're going to get out of here. Thanks for joining us on uh, this Friday morning. Stay cool, everybody, and y'all have a great weekend. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all.